Listen, there is nothing like a live event. Nothing like a live event, a sporting event, your favorite concert. You know this already, right? But where do you go to get your seats? Go to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with the best experiences possible. With Vivid Seats, you can watch your favorite teams and your favorite artists perform in person. Nothing is better than that. Vivid Seats helps you find the seats to any of your favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. And Vivid Seats offers great prices and easy purchasing experiences. With the podcast code RPO, Rome Price Opinion listeners can get 10% off their first purchase with Vivid Seats. Here's what you do. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. First-time customers can enter the promo code RPO, RPO, and receive 10% off your order. When we want to go to a game, or we want to go to a show, my family uses Vivid Seats because Vivid Seats confirms all orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Vivid Seats. Make memories that last a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two-time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. Back for more RPO, Rome Price Opinion, Ep 6. I am joined by my partner in crime, Trevor Price. TP, what's going on, man? How was your week? How was your weekend? Oh, man, weekend was good. Spent it watching a little uh, 16-year-old soccer way out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, The week was... Week was amazing, but I, I, I hear we're going to get to that a little bit later. But uh, everything is good, man. I'm ready to go. Good, good. Okay, I'll get to all that a little bit later on, but why don't we start with some football? Why don't we start with last night's game? You know, Trevor, nothing ever lives up to the hype. Nothing except Pats v. Chiefs under the lights. Brady v. Mahomes standing in the middle of the ring and trading haymakers. What were you thinking watching that game last night? The first thing I thought was going to be a fucking blowout. That that and and that would have been a shame because I'm I'm watching Brady. First of all, I'm watching the Chiefs defense just get. They can't stop water from running. It is unreal. They are so. But between the tackles, they are as bad a defense as I have ever seen. And it's not like the Patriots linemen are are the '93 Cowboys. They're just you know they're just guys. They're they're professional offensive linemen. But if if Sony Michelle is not being hit until he gets six yards. Pass a line of scrimmage, you have a real live problem. So that was the first thing I was thinking is the pay, the, the Patriots are going to take Devlin, their fullback, and just hit everybody in the face and run the balls directly down their throat. And that's what makes the Pats dangerous is they are so multiple in that sense that their quarterback is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and we're going to run the ball 652 times in a row. That's yeah. what makes them dangerous. So I thought it was getting a little out of hand. But then – my homeboy Mahomes show up. And that's what his name is. His name is my homeboy Mahomes. <laughs> right. And he de- he decides, you know what? My name is Mahomes. Watch this. Like you like I like I can imagine him turning to his defense, walking past him and says, Hey, watch this. And sure enough, he shows up. And I'm telling you, the, the kid is beyond special. And I was to the uh, broadcast last night, which was interesting. And I guess Al Michaels had asked his dad, if he had played baseball, would he be in the majors by now? And his dad was like, Absolutely. Without, without, without certainty, he would be in the majors. I believe it. That kid, his arm, and, and I, I put him on my fantasy team, and I, I've been talking great about him. 
but dude just decided to show up last night in ways he has not yet. It was the best football game of the year. I thought it deserved all the praise, and I thought they played, both teams played excellent, except for the Chiefs' defensive tackles. You know, Trevor, I was like, you watching that game last night, I thought to myself, because like everybody else, I was so hyped for that. Couldn't wait down the week with that. And then I'm watching this. I'm thinking, man, what a beatdown. What a blowout. This is so disappointing. Nothing lives up to the hype. And nothing nothing more than this is living down to the hype. But then you're right. This guy shows up like that. So one more thought about Mahomes. What impresses you the most about him? Is it his arm? Is it his head? Is it the intangibles? What is the best thing about this guy right now? It, 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 the best thing is when the, when you have no fear of what's going to be on the tape on Monday. That's the best. As a professional football player, Sunday is the fun day. Monday is your worst day. Even if you win, to go watch that tape in front of the team with the coaches rewinding the plays back that you screwed up and everybody has two or three in their brain until the two or three they see that they did not remember they <laughs> effed something up earlier on in the game. He has no fear of Monday. Forget Sunday. He plays without fear, but he does not care. It, it, he plays like he doesn't have to go to practice Monday and watch a film. Because no matter what I do, I'm going to be right. And that, I'm telling you, Jim, I, I know that's some insider bullshit, but it is so true. When you do not care about the consequences of your actions on a football field, you play like that. And he plays like he has no consequences, even as he's running to his right, Dante Hightower is pulling his jersey, and he decides to not even look where he's throwing the ball. I'm going to throw the ball as hard as I can in that general direction towards the tight end, towards Travis Kelsey, and it's an interception in the end zone. The fact that he overthrew three or four wide-open receivers will bother him in, in the beginning. I mean, they could have ran up 100 points on the, on the friggin' Patriots. That will bother him for a little bit, but I'm telling you— he plays like there are no consequences. And that's what makes him dangerous. Well, and Trevor, one thing, never, ever apologize for, quote, insider bullshit because you're here for the insider bullshit. That's why we have you here. <laughs> All right? And really that, quickly. That, that, listen, Jim, Jim, there's nothing worse than the Monday meeting. I would give you a story. Trevor Price story time. Please. I love are, Trevor Price playing, story time. We are playing the New York Giants, and I'm with Denver, right? <laughs> We're playing the New York Giants. We're in the Meadowlands. I'm playing defensive end. I get stuck in a line of scrimmage, I guess, while Eli Manning running around, and I kind of dog it on the play. Eli Manning throws a touchdown. We lose the game, and I'm thinking to myself, the entire time, I had two sacks in the game. I'm like, oh, my God, they are going to kill me for standing here in the line of scrimmage. Matter of fact, he did throw a touchdown. He threw for a first down. I said, oh, my God, I'm in so much trouble. Had two sacks. I'm the highest-paid player in the league. I walk in Monday, Jim. My defensive line coach catches me in the hallway. He said, you know what's going to happen, right? They're going to blame you for this loss. And I, at that point, I knew, okay, it, it, the things, have, things have gotten really the fuck out of hand here in Denver. And things have gotten out of hand in the NFL if you want to blame me for the fact that our quarterback threw four picks. That's fine. I'll take it. I got broad shoulders. I'll take it. But what I'm saying is Patrick Mahomes plays like that does never ha- that never happens to him. And that, I'm telling you, a man with no fear is a dangerous individual. All right, so Trevor did. that. It's great. It's a great point. I hear you. Point taken. Did they blame you for that loss? What was that film session like? How did you react? No, I, I sat. I sat there like you know what. Uh, as long as my check clears, you can say whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. They blame me for it. Absolutely. Mike Shanahan turned to me and said, "said he said said we lost because of this play right here." Uh, whatever. Is the check clear? Good. I'm good. 
You know, I told the story the other day, Trevor, that I actually, at one point, I owned a piece of real estate in Mexico, and Mike Shanahan owned a piece of real estate in that same community, and the sales rep said to me, you know, Mike Shanahan lives here, and I'm like, shit, man, you'll let anybody in. And the guy looked, <laughs> the guy looked at me, no, he looked at me, and he goes, it's funny, funny you say that, Rome, he said the same thing about you. Well, 100% he did, right? of course he did. And he did. You so how, how did you and the lobster, the red lobster, Mike Shanahan do? Well, we were, you know, funny thing is we were fine when I was young, but when, but when it came time for me to be the leader and all that, and you know my thought, you know my stance on that, somebody has to be the Indian. We can't all be chiefs. That was my thought. And and again, the same thing. If I have to lead you, you don't need to be here. So, and that was my, that's my thinking. So I remember every, after every training camp, Mike would have the entire team over to his house and he built a house. And I'm not like, I'm not exaggerating. It might have been 30,000 square feet. Right. And it was across the street from the owner, from Pat Bowen's house, which was half the size, <laughs> twice as many people. We, at me, Chester McLaughlin, like four other defense linemen, all got in his shower at the same time. At the same time. Wow. We were staying, we, like, we all toured his house. We were like, why is his shower the size of a bedroom? Well, because one, and because one, Shanahan's not a huge guy, and two, you are a huge guy, but Chester McLaughlin was even bigger. Was a he was a monster. Man. It was me, Chester, like four of us, and we all stood in the shower at the same time. Like this is unbelievable. He he built a house to, for for he built a house just for this purpose. Uh-huh. Right? So anyway, a gigantic place. So I went to him. I said, "Look, at some point, um, are you going to sell this house?" He said, never, because I will own this forever, and I'm going to be the co-chair for a very long time. Three years later, he was not the co-chair, and I wonder who owns the house now. Huh. Hey, Trevor, listen, I, we've got stuff we have to cover, but I could do Trevor Price story time all day long. I remember when Chester McLaughlin came up and Howie Long kind of took him under his wing, and I remember doing these interviews and doing him on the show. Dude, Big Chet, he was scary, man. He was scary. What was he like to play alongside? No, Ch- Chester was fantastic. Right. He went to Clemson. So I went to Clemson. As well. No, what I mean Chester though, he was, was a big, intimidating dude. No, you know he's a you know he was a big man. He was a great football player, but he was the greatest guy. He wasn't like oh the nicest guy in the world. No, right. Chester was, Chester could be a jackass. Now <laughs> you know what I mean. God bless him. But he was a good guy, right? He'd be like, oh man, you gotta do this. You gotta do this. And he he kind of led us in a in a sense that. I've been here before. And he kept looking at me like, Trevor, you are the one that's supposed to be out here balling and doing the stuff. I need you to help us. And he pulled me aside like that because that's what leadership was, right? So, so, so I, I loved him for that reason and that reason alone. I, I thought he was funny. He told me a story about his time in Oakland. And he said he wanted to do contract. And he went to Al Davis's office and started like knocking everything off Al Davis's desk and like destroying the office. And he said Al Davis was like, "Yes, that's exactly how I want him to behave." <laughs> I was like, "Are you for real?" He said, "Oh yes." Yeah, Al Davis was, like, was crazy. That, that's what I, I like, okay, That's great. I, I want him to behave like that. You can't have your fucking money, but I want you to behave like that. <laughs> right, right? That's what he said. That's what he said. He said Al Davis was like, "Ah, I love it." As he was destroying Al Davis's office. <laughs> All right. So again, Trevor, you and I can do story time for hours. But now that we're on the topic of the Raiders, why don't we just jump ahead? You called them last week, maybe the most boring team you've ever seen ever. They get on a bird. They go to London. They get their asses handed to them. If they were the most boring team ever prior to that, how do you feel about them right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you remember that, that, that movie, The Water Boy? Yes. Remember when the yes. Water Boy's team, they were playing, and Henry Winkler is the, is the head coach, and the team drops the ball, and it's time to pick it up and still run for a touchdown? 
the Raiders are the goddamn water boy team, and it looks like Henry Winkler, Winkler is, is coaching them. Mm. That's what they've gone to. This shit's not even funny anymore. It's like it's easy to it's easy to point at something and say the obvious. Hey, they stink. It's harder to point at something and say, my God, that's a disaster, and really mean it. Because when he said he was going to take his offense back to 1998, he meant 1798. Because I've whoa, never whoa, seen whoa, anything whoa, whoa, like whoa. that. Dude, I you, saw that. Well, did you rip that line from somebody on yes. Twitter? Yeah, well, wait, but I told I told the dude I was going to say that. I was like, look, I'm going to take this line from you, and I'm not going to give you credit for it. And yeah, I said, and he gave yeah, me, he sent me a, a tweet your ass. Back. I saw it, man. I saw it. You ripped that no, from somebody. Uh, uh, wait, but I said it for the world to see. So he sent me a tweet back with a picture of <laughs> Seth, um, Seth Myers with a tip of the cap. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. Go ahead. Keep going. So, so look, but, but, but the point was well taken is the offense, where is Amari Cooper? Why is your running back leading the team in receiving? Derek Carr has regressed into becoming David Carr. I sacked David Carr 15 times in my life in one game, and he, I remember every time he got up, he was like telling the offensive line, guys, we'll get him next time. That's what Derek Carr looks like right now. I, I, I don't Trevor, did you just say you sacked him 15 times team. in one game? Dude, you, you had a lot of sacks in your career. You never sacked anybody 15 times in I one game. I hit him a bunch. Put it like that. Okay. I hit him a, it felt like 15 times. Right. Every, time I was, every time he threw the ball, I was standing in front of him. I mean, they had an offensive line that was a turnstile the entire thing. <laughs> and speaking of turnstile... That kid they drafted left tackle, that Colton Miller kid from UCLA, I knew that was going to be a problem from day one. Because I wa- some somewhere I watched that kid play in college. I watched UCLA play against somebody because you know my sister went to UCLA and I was watching him play. And I was like, God damn, my left tackle's terrible. Sure enough, <laughs> Raiders drafted the kid in the first round. That is a disaster. All right, so John Gruden he- is going to go wind up. He's going to wind up somewhere. He's going to be close to a Monday night booth. He's, he's gonna walk into the goddamn booth at ESP. They're gonna be like, "Job, what are you doing here?" Hey, what do you mean, man? I work here. <laughs> no, you don't. You coach the Raiders. That's Trevor. what's it well, is Trevor, that you, bad. But you have, Trevor, you were the guy saying a few weeks back that he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. And it's a great line. But you're saying he's gonna show up at ESPN. And they're gonna say, "What are you doing here? I work here." Do you think on any level? I mean, ten mil is ten mil times ten is one hundred mil. On any level, do you think Gruden has second guessed this decision? Is thinking, man the hell did I get myself into? Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Dude, he has to. I, and, I, and I hate saying it because I don't think as a grown man, you want to you second guess taking $100 million. But what they were paying him at ESPN was half of that for, for one-thirtieth of the problem. So be very careful what you wish for, man. Be very careful. You want to get back in the game? He should have went and coached some goddamn Pop Warner where that shit would have worked. Because right now it's not working. And I, I, I want him to figure out because... I think is good for the game. I, I think he's good for the selling of the game, right? And as as people start walking away from the game because of concussions and all that, and not a lot of kids want to play football and that type of thing, I think John Gruden's personality is good for the NFL. I don't know. I His team say, is I was bad say, for Trevor, the NFL. Why do you think he's good for selling the game? I mean, selling beers and wings and beer, maybe. No, but I mean, uh, why? Who wants to? I mean, nobody's tuning in to see the coach. Why is this guy good for selling the game? It's good when the Raiders are good. That's good for the NFL. But why is this guy good for the game? Uh, have you seen who's on the posters in that, in that city? Who's on, who's on all the Raiders? Right. Uh, uh, who's on all the Raiders selling uh, materials? Not Khalil Mack. I know that. <laughs> and it ain't Derek Carr. And it's already in beast mode. It ain't Colton Miller hmm. or, uh, or, or or Simile. Like, who is it? Yeah, yeah. Who, but they'll who be out of that town. Who a bigger star than him? Right. It's him. Right, so it's like, him. Really? He's on. He's on the 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 big billboards in Vegas. 
John Gruden is on the billboard. Nobody else. So really quick, Trevor, what happened to Derek Carr? We know he got hurt. We know he hasn't been the same. But to your point, John Gruden was the quarterback guru, the quarterback whisperer, the guy who had his own quarterback camp and his own TV show. How can this guy, the quarterback, be getting worse under the quarterback whisperer instead of better? Uh, because he's still whispering in 2001. That, that's the problem. They need, they need to go to a, like a run and shoot or bring back some shit that we haven't seen before. Something needs to take place where the scheme is not working or, or Derek Carr is not learning the scheme. And I don't think that's it. I really don't think that's it because we all know what Spider Y2 Banana is. We all know what it is, right? And if you can't run Spider Y2 Banana, you sure hell can't run the shit that the LA Rams are running. So I don't understand how your playbook has taken a guy that at one point was an MVP candidate. And, and some of it's his fault, too. But, you know, when you start, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, pressure does two things, Jim. It breaks pipes and it makes diamonds. And right now, it is breaking the fucking Oakland Raiders pipes. Dude, let me tell you that pressure, what they thought, Trevor, they thought was going to be a great quoting, football team, When you start quoting RG3, dude, I know it's time to find a new co-host. Pressure makes diamonds. Pressure makes diamonds. RG3 runs that shit. No, pressure also busts pipes. There you go. All right, so you're clear of that. You're clear of that as long as you get the other side. <laughs> no, you're right. Pressure does bust pipes or it makes diamonds. Now, you mentioned the Rams, Trevor. They go to Denver. They grind out another win. They're 6-0. and You're not going to come in here with that bullshit about how too many alphas there are in that locker room and that that doesn't play, and it's not a question of if, but a matter of when they implode, or are you? No, I, I am. But it is, it's, it's not the Rams. It's the Jags. But let me go back. Let me go back to the Rams. Here is what here is the truth about the Rams. Todd Gurley is the best athlete on any field he steps on. And I mean the soccer field. I mean the baseball diamond. I mean the field of dreams. I don't care what field he steps on. He is the best natural athlete. Size, speed, strength, vision, quickness, all those measurables. He wins all the time. And when he gets himself going, and in Denver, that whole thing, the altitude is a real thing to certain people. The cold is a real thing to certain people. But what people don't understand about Denver is you get all four seasons in one day. So that snow <laughs> that was out there and it looked like the winter wonderland in the right. morning, by the time they played, it was a beautiful spring day. It was a L.A. spring day, even though it was 25 degrees. 25 degrees in, in Denver and that sun is really 50 degrees. So it's a cold L.A. day. So L.A., the offense running the ball. Look like the L.A. Rams running the ball. Now, I'll go to the other side of the ball. That defense only plays in the fourth quarter. Because they figure, look, in the first three quarters, our offense is going to win. Fourth quarter, we'll show up and figure it out. Jared Goff, I, I, and, and, I, and people are going to kill me for this, he is a product of their system. Sean McVay is, the off Sean McVay is their MVP. Not even Todd Gurley. He's the best athlete. But to put that whole thing about putting your athletes, your players in position to succeed, I thought that was bullshit because, look, if I'm bigger, stronger than you, I don't need to be, I can be put in any goddamn position. I'm going to win. Nope. Sean McVay is different. He has found a way to put them in positions to make things happen. Now, all them sacks he took yesterday, sure, them yeah. four and a half, five sacks yeah, go, that he go took back to I mean, like, like, Listen, listen. I mean, I, I agree with you. Sean McVay, to me, I think that's like the best hire I've ever seen. I think the guy's a prodigy. I think the guy's absolutely brilliant. There's no doubting what he did. But, I mean, honestly, are you not going to give Jared Goff more respect than to say he's just a guy? Like, you could stick anybody I, no, no, in there? I can say, I, no, no. I can say just a guy about fucking Matty Ryan. I can say that. Those are facts. But I'm telling you, when you go from what he was as a rookie to what he's been the last two years, and the only difference is the offensive coordinator slash head coach, that should tell you something.
That should tell you something. He's a product. He's a good. He's an NFL quarterback. No question in my mind. But he's also part of a product of that system. Sure. And he's a product of having uh, uh, a friggin' Walter Payton slash uh, Lawrence Taylor behind him running the ball. You tell me he's that good. Gurley, Gurley is a combination what? of Walter Payton and LT rolled into LT, one. LT, handle LT the ball, and he runs like Walter Payton. That's what you're looking at when you look, wind up with Todd Gurley. He's the same size. Dude, I've never heard you say anything like that about anybody. That, that's unbelievable. Now, you mentioned the Jags. That You're saying, no, I'm not coming off that point about the implosion, but I've taken it off the Rams, and I'm putting it on the Jags. Your point about the Rams was too many diverse personalities or alphas. Is it that, or maybe is it a quarterback who just isn't that good? What's going on with the Jags? So what happens with the alpha personalities, um, they protect their own, right? They're like, oh, look, I, I'm the alpha. You can put it on me. I can protect my own. So I will say, hey, every, uh our quarterback is the best quarterback in the league, and Gronk is okay, and that guy's okay. That guy's not very good. That guy sucks, but our quarterback's the guy. It is a combination of both. Jalen Ramsey, God bless him. God bless him. When you are a 225-pound corner and run the way he does and play the game as mean and as nasty as the way he does, he plays the right way. God bless him. But he was dead-ass wrong in everything he said, and we are seeing it. Now, what's going to happen is— Dead-ass dead wrong about what? About what? About all the quarterbacks, and everybody's sorry. Right. This guy's bad. This when he in the GQ magazine. So you're saying it's a mistake for him to run his mouth? I run his mouth, and our quarterback is the best quarterback in the league. Okay, nobody believes that. Here's the thing: I am a fan of Blake Borders. I told you that last week. I'm a big fan of the kid because right. he's a local kid from where I live. Right. The problem is, Jalen, you were wrong, and everybody knew you were wrong from day one. So now you have to eat crow, and now you have to watch everybody talk bad about how much y'all talk shit and the fact that y'all can't stop anybody on defense. Now, I will tell you this, Jim. Their uniforms are from the future. And when I say the future, I mean 2016. They look great when they play, but, boy, they are awful. Both sides of the ball, they are aw- they're dreadful. So can they get back? And when they when they put that beat down on the Patriots, this is not what we were saying. We were saying that Blake Bortles has taken the next step and that they were a legitimate, bona fide Super Bowl team. Can they still be, be that team? Or was that a mirage? Were they never that team? That's a mirage. They were never that team. Now, I will tell you, they do play hard, right? And when they get hot, like any team in the NFL, Jim, you know what the difference between an NFL player and another NFL player is one inch and 15 pounds, right? There's not that much difference between us, unless your name is Todd Gurley. There's Todd Gurley, and there's kind of Gronk, and then there's everybody else. But I'm saying that if they get hot, and they're playing at home, and the weather works for them, and, and they're playing um, uh, on the grass that's different in Jacksonville, they're a dangerous football team. But they are they a team that, that can sustain a, sustain a drive and beat a team uh, 45, 14, that type of thing? They're not. They never have been and never will be. Hey, listen, I'm not going to split hairs. That Dallas Cowboys offense, which looked like crap, just dropped 40 on these guys. I'm not even going to split hairs about what they can or can't be. Dallas lit them up for 40. Trevor, go back really quickly to the Rams. Your point that the defense shows up only for the fourth quarter. Can you win a Super Bowl playing defense like that? Even if you have the offense and the firepower and the greatest athlete you've ever seen running the football for them, can they win a Super Bowl playing one quarter of defense every Sunday? If you pass rush in that fourth quarter, absolutely, flat out, yes, you can. And and that's that's ridiculous. It may sound ridiculous, but in the fourth quarter, when you have to pin your ears back and that team's driving for that that game tying or game winning touchdown or field goal or something like that, and you can rush the passer in that fourth quarter, 
if you can save yourself for that fourth quarter and rush the passer, you can win a Super Bowl. You, right. you, one hundred percent, you can. And I, I know that goes against every ethos, every high school fucking Monday morning quarterback's ever been told. But you can. Is Wade Phillips okay with that? No, no, he's not. But again, you have two defensive tackles that are supposed to be the best in the league at rushing the passer. You have some guys that can get after the quarterback, and I'm telling you, the, the game is built on two things, Jim. The guys that throw the ball and the guys that tackle the guy throwing the ball. All right, so let me talk to you about the guys, the young guys who throw the ball. Six weeks is not a really huge sample size, Trevor, but these guys, but these guys have all been in different situations. Now that you've seen the young guys, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, your guy Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, they've all played to a certain extent, some more than the others, but, and I know you think that Allen is already better than Jim Kelly, but if you, had to redraft, guy. if you had to redraft these guys, if you had to redraft these guys right now, knowing what you know about these guys right now, the guys that I mentioned, Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, what order would you take them in one to four? All right, we go Baker Mayfield first. That, that one, I think, is really easy. But the thing is, you know, Cleveland's not a throw-the-ball football team. It's just that he, the, the plays he makes throwing the ball are just out outrageous the way he delivers the ball and when somebody like uh jarvis landry who has caught ball some nfl quarterbacks if you want to call ryan Tannehill nfl quarterback says look i need to get to the jugs machine because this dude throws the ball hard with his little body that tells you all you need to know and, and the thing is i want to go back on baker mayfield I, I'm, I'm watching the things that like what hugh says to him and hugh brings him up in front of the team and said we won the game and, and, and the thing is, I used to hear uh, players when I played say, always humble yourself. The problem is, Jim, I'm one of the 2,000 best football players on the planet. There's nothing humble about that. <laughs> but, 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 with him, it has to happen. And here's why. Because that team has had no success. And if everybody points at him and say he's a reason for success, you will get teammates on that team who feel a certain way about that, right? So what Hugh needs to do, and I wish I, had, I still had Hugh's number, I say, look, you need to bring up the right guard and say, look, we're winning because of you. Or you need to bring up the punter or the, the long snapper. We're winning because of you. But both wins, you brought up Baker Mayfield in front of everybody and said, hey, you're leading us. You can't do that with that kid. And for some reason, he is dealing with it better than Hugh is. Because Hugh says something to him and he just quietly says, yes, sir, and then goes back to the back of the line. Right? So he's playing the game correctly. So that aside, the second one has to be Sam Darnold. Right? Sam Darnold throws the ball it just look. I'm gonna throw the ball that way. It's hope for the best. Sometimes when somebody's wide open, he looks great. But Jesus Christ, man, some of the picks he throws are just like, what are you thinking? Well, he's thinking the same thing he thought when he was at USC. Hey, it'll be okay. I'm gonna throw the ball that general direction. Third is my homeboy Josh Allen. He's gonna get there. He is. He's too big, too athletic, and as a rookie, he's too stupid to know he's not supposed to be that good. And then last is Josh Rosen, who I've seen throw three or four passes because the Arizona Cardinals are not worth watching. You know, Trevor, th this is why I've decided that you're going to be my first co-host ever. Insight like that. By the way, that's the fucking order they went in, Trevor. Yeah, that's true. And, and that's something? That they, they got it right. The NFL got something right. That is <laughs> they exactly right. They, that's the exact they order they should have gone They got it right. It Congrats to them. You're as smart as me, Trevor Price. You're the best, Trevor. Hey, <laughs> really, really quickly. Now, okay, so they got to throw the ball to somebody. Let me ask you this. You've got some really freaky receivers in the NFL right now. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, to name a few. Think about this. If you had to pick one receiver, who is your best receiver in the NFL right now? It's not – it's, let, me, let me tell you something, Jim. Let me, let me sit down for this because I'm standing up. I'm going to sit down. 
It's Adam Thielen, and it's not close. Come on, come on. It's it's a not it's not a fight. It's not a fair fight. It's not a fair race. He is playing at a different level than anybody else. I drafted Adam Thielen last year, my two years ago, on my fantasy team. When I first saw, I saw him the first time, and I was like, look. The Vikings ran this white kid out here for a reason, goddammit, right? They just don't run that dude out there and put him as a starting receiver for no reason. There is a reason he's out there, and we are seeing it. The guy is a fucking boogie monster. He cannot be covered. (laughs) He cannot be tackled. And he honestly should be somewhere in Silicon Valley taking investment meetings as a principal at some goddamn firm. But nope, the best receiver in NFL. The Vikings have to pay the man. They have to pay him. And for the next three years, him and Maryland's own Stefan Diggs. Good luck covering that shit. Good luck with it. I'm watching Adam Thielen play, and I'm like, is everybody else running with weights on? Why is this kid doing this? I think but I know why. I, I think I know I, why. The way, I, I the don't, way you're I, I don't, this out. I don't know what it is. He, I think I he do runs know. the same routes everybody else does. Well, you're, telling me is you this guy, think, you're telling me this guy is John Wick in cleats. My God, man. Did you not watch him play? Yeah, hey, watch him play. Look at some of the catches he makes falling down. Freaking boogie monster. the things monster. he does sideways, you're just like, what the hell is this? He's John Wick. It's not close. All right, Trevor, you, man, we, we are running through this thing quickly, but I want to ask you about this. You pulled off what might be the dad move of the year with your son Fitzy this past week. What happened? All right, so last week we talked about music, and I told you that my son is the biggest Gorillaz fan in the world. And at 12 years old, I think it's because it's animated, but he loves he loves the music. He loves that kind of music, right? It's it's part alternative, it's part hip hop, it's part reggae, it's part pop. He loves the song. He knows all the albums, the, the the new album, the now now he loves it. So my wife sends me a text and says, The gorillas are gonna be in Philadelphia. I was like, Oh, when? She was like, Tonight. I was like, Excuse me? So she said, Look, do we get tickets? He doesn't have school on Friday because it was teacher conference day. She's like, Do we get tickets? I was like, Absolutely we get tickets. She said, Do we bring our daughter? who has school tomorrow morning, absolutely bring her. So we tell him Friday morning, or Thursday morning, before he goes to school, we send him a, a picture that says he's going to the gorillas. And he's like, yeah, I would like to go to that. And my wife says, no, look at the date, dummy. And he scrolls on, he sees it tonight, and he throws his phone up and starts screaming. Mm. Now, mind you, Jim, we saw the gorillas last summer, right here in, in our own backyard, and he kept his headphones on the same t- the whole time and watched people play fucking Ninja Turtles or whatever he was doing. Paid no attention, but now he's the biggest Gorillaz fan in the world. We drove to Philadelphia, Jim. Let me tell you something. I've seen a thousand concerts. That was the best show I've ever seen. It was loud. It was big. There's a a bigness to it. You know what I mean? Even when you see a band like Metallica, where where their music is big, when you see Metallica with the San Francisco Orchestra, it gets bigger. When you see the Gorillaz and the screen is synced and the music videos, the animated videos are synced to what Damon Alburn is singing on the stage. It is just big and giant. And there was 50 people on stage out of control. And he stayed up the entire time and did not go to his phone once. But he had the set list. So he was waiting for his songs. And when certain songs came on, he started screaming. I was like, I was like, look, I am, I am, I am God for one night to this Best boy. dad ever. Best dad ever. ever. I mean, you'll, one you'll, night. you'll always have that, and he'll always remember that. I mean, what an amazing moment for the family. Quickly, though, Trevor, again, I want to re- reiterate, you ran and owned a record label. You signed and scouted talent. You've been to shows. You know every kind of genre. Are you telling me that really was, like, the best concert you've ever attended? Uh, there have been two great concerts. That was one, 
and a punk band that I signed called Vox, V-A-U-X, played at a club called the Soil Dove in Denver, Colorado, in basically a, ba- a basement. And there was 15 people there. And it was, they ripped into it like they were playing at the Grammys. And I, that was the second best conference. But the Gorillas last night, man, I'm, and I've seen them twice. I saw them last summer at a, a big open amphitheater, and it was, it was kind of like whatever. But in, in Philadelphia, at Wells Fargo, inside an arena with you know, 15,000 people, out of control. So, Trevor, what was it about Vox? I mean, are they guys like that? Are they like athletes? Do they have that kind of chip on their shoulder? Are they just angry? Like what, that, that it that you're talking about, what it, made them different? It, it, was, it, it was a dangerous show. Like if you weren't careful, you were going to get hurt. And I was, I was way in the back because I was scouting the band. I was seeing if I was going to sign them. But it felt, it felt, the energy felt like, 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 uh, like spontaneously combust. Cause they were a thrash band, right? They were, it was part punk, part kind of post-punk kind of rock. It was melodic, but it wasn't. But it was loud and it was dangerous. And they were spitting water on at people. And but even through all that, they were never out of tune and never out of time. That's the thing, Jim. A show look one way, but it has to sound like they're playing a record. So even as they're jumping around, basically beating up the crowd you still heard the songs and he could stink. He could still sing in the key of whatever key he was singing. And that's the impressive part. Well, they were tight. So when you wanted to sign them, when you started to talk to them, I mean, you talk, did they have a manager? Like, what did you want to hear from the band members before you signed them? No, they were from, they were from Denver. So all I did was call the the bassist, right? Bassist's name was Ryder. And I had somebody give him his number and they made their record for Atlantic records. And then Atlanta records didn't want to put it out. So I was like, I'll put it out. You know what I mean? So the record was already finished. And they played the songs off the record, and they rip it to a song called Cocaine James, which is just out of control. The song was so good, I did a remix to it. But anyway, so they ripped into Cocaine James, and it, it I was just like, I've seen enough. I was like, I, I'm, I'm good. And the band didn't get big because, you know, their big single would have been Cocaine James. Like, <laughs> right. MTV wasn't going to play that shit. But still. But Heroin was, John didn't great, want any of that? Great record. Heroin John did not want was that the, the B side Heroin John <laughs> or, or or Dope Boy Danny like no, none of them there none of them there show up. All right, are you ready for one man's fantasy? Um, sure. Let's do it. Let me, show. let me set you. Let me oh. set you up. Yeah, good job with that. Good job with that. Fitzy will never forget that. That is an amazing story. We'll always talk fam on this show. Hey, clones, let me start this week off the same way I ended last week by telling you about Dickies. Dickies, the number one brand in performance workwear, knows that work is more than just what you do. It's who you are. Like professional athletes, right? Their work is judged by how they perform on the job. This is why Dickies Flex work pants and shirts are engineered to give you superior mobility, advanced protection, and enhanced durability. And Dickies Flex is backed with Dickies Unconditional Satisfaction Guarantee so you know that the Flex Series is made to work as hard as you do. Dickies Flex. Engineered to move. Engineered to last. This is an incredible product. Learn more at Dickies.com. Go to Dickies.com. Time now for One Man's Fantasy, where Jim and Trevor tell you what one man you have to add to your fantasy team this week. All right, so for One Man's Fantasy, that's part of the podcast where Trevor and I each tell you who to grab off the waiver wire and to add to your fantasy team right now. Trevor last week had Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Goes tonight. Look to hit or look for him to hit with that pick. My pick last week was 
Kiki QT. Didn't do much, but my pick two weeks ago was Tariq Cohen, who was on a bye when I said to grab him. He crushed it yesterday. Seven catches, 90 yards, and TD against the Dolphins. We'll take that all day long. Anyway, let's get right at it. Trevor, who are you adding to your fantasy team this week? All right, so uh, we just got done talking about how awful the Raiders are. Jalen Richard, who was leading their team in catches. That's th- that. Uh, listen, fantasy football is weird because you, uh, we all want the Antonio Browns and the Adam Thielens of the world, but every team has to have somebody who leads a goddamn team in catches. It, this guy happens to be their guy. Where is Amari Cooper? Doesn't matter. Jalen Richard is my pick this week. All right. You know, I kind of like that. I don't I don't really like anything about them, but I kind of like that. Somebody has to catch the ball, Jim. Somebody's got to catch the ball. Somebody's got to catch the ball, except for the Titans when they have 10 completions. But someone has to fucking catch the ball. All right, Somebody's an NFL team. I got you. Now, my fantasy wire pickup this time, one of my all-time favorite players, and I know a guy you got to respect, Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Everybody said this dude was washed up five years ago. Now look at him. Yesterday, my dude, 101 yards rushing on 15 carries he had a reception for 18 yards he was the one that put the Dolphins in position to win only to see Kenyon Drake cough that ball up at the goal line sorry Drake owners it's not gonna happen for your guy this year but that's four games in a row that the 14-year vet has had more carries he's a jungle guy he's got a lifetime of jungle karma he's from the U add my man Frank Gore to your team start him with confidence as a buy replacement in the upcoming weeks I'm telling you Frank freaking Gore and you're welcome. You got that is Frank. A, that is that is a great that is a great pick. That is a great Frank Gore is a goddamn monster, man. Let's let's just be honest. He's still out there, and it's one thing to play running back. It's one thing to play defensive end or offensive line. You could do that to your year sixteen. It's one thing to actually go actually have to go out there and be an athlete. And he looks he has not lost a step. That's tough, man. That's, a That's well dude. done, He's sir. Tough. Good man. I appreciate that. You know, ever since I started doing this podcast, people have been asking me over and over again for advice. Normally, they want to know who to bet. Who do you bet this week? Listen, the truth is, I don't know, right? I can give you an educated take, but I don't know for certain. Now, I know a lot of you think you do know. I know a lot of you know you know. If that's the case, you need to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. This is why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are the very best bet this season. They have been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is so easy to use. I would only recommend a service to you that I've been using myself. This is why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join right now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Rome and activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. Do not forget to use the promo code Rome when creating your account, and you can claim up to 1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. And now, Price's Picks. This is now the best segment of the entire podcast right here, Price's Picks. 
which we should rename rename Price's Stone Cold Locks after the week you just had, Trevor. Both the Monday night and Thursday night games, which you nailed. So far on the season, you are a blistering 6-3-1. and one. Every week now, Trevor, I'm getting tweets and emails from Jungle listeners who are making bank off of this segment. Let's keep this thing rolling, starting with tonight's game. Monday night football, 49ers in Green Bay, nine-point road underdogs. Who do you like here? Uh, that's easy. I mean, I think I think I think a blind man can see that Green Bay and a thumper. It, even you know what? I I'd have, I'd probably said the same thing even if they had Jimmy G. Green Bay and a thumper. I, I've played too many games where you're playing a backup quarterback and and everybody just feels a certain way when you see fucking C.J. Beathard out there. No, no no disrespect for, to the kid. He's an NFL player. That's the thing, Jim. There's only 2,500 NFL players or whatever the number is. And he's one of them. Good for you. You're just not as good as a guy playing the other side. Easily Green Bay covers. All right, so you have that. Trevor, you ever notice that whenever somebody says no disrespect to, somebody is about to get disrespected? Oh, 100%. That's my way of saying hold the fuck on. Like you just (laughs) said. All right. All right, so there's that pick. You've got Green Bay. Thursday night football, Denver is going into the desert to play the Cardinals, but they're still laying one and a half. Denver is the road favorite here. They're giving a point and a half. Where do you go with that one Thursday night? So this one's interesting because any other week, if Denver had played the Raiders, oh, fuck, Denver had played the Raiders last week, they'd be feeling great. Uh, If Denver had played, say, the Chargers and lost, right, that'd be one thing. But I am positive. I am positive as a professional football player at one point in my life that Denver put everything into beating L.A., everything. And the fact they lost, that is a hard pill to swallow. And now if I turn around on a short week and go and go to Arizona and figure it out, I think they don't recover from that. I think Arizona takes the win. All right. So you've got Arizona plus one and a half on Thursday. Yep. You've got Green Bay minus nine tonight. You're six, three and one right now. You're looking to make it eight, three and one next time we talk on Monday. And then by then you are a legend. All right, Trevor. Oh, I'll, I, will, I will be a legend, sir. You, you well, you're you're halfway there, but by <laughs> next week you will be at eight three and one, my man. Have I left anything out there? Are you all good? Are you ready to have a phenomenal night and a better week? Oh, absolutely, man. You kidding me? I'm I'm tuning into this. I'm going to watch the Green Bay, but the the Packers thump uh, San Francisco. Golly! Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's go back a second. How was Kansas City playing on Sunday night two weeks in a row? Yeah, right. How about that? How about that? How about how, that? How amazing! That tells you something. Must that see TV, all, man. Must see that TV. That all you got to know. They got to flex them in every single that. week. You know that. All right, Trevor. Absolutely. I'm going to jump on a plane to go to New York. You watch that game tonight. Listen, I got to be real. I, I'm not rooting for anybody except for you to nail another pick and get the clones paid. So nice job, Trevor. <laughs> really appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. There you go. He's looking to make it 7-3-1 and one, and by Thursday, 8-3-1. and one. You want to make sure that you're here for that episode next week as well. These things are getting better and better and better. Make sure you follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Jim Rome. He's at Trevor underscore Price. Remember, Price is spelled with a Y. Make sure you hit us both up for all things RPO. And while you're here, get subscribed to the podcast. Let's shoot this thing up the iTunes podcast charts, especially since Trevor gets you paid every single week. Thank you very much for listening and supporting it. And we will catch you right back here next week. Until then, Trevor and I are both out.